Hey, what's hey. going on, guys? Uh, welcome to the episode of Strive Fit Podcast. My name is Roly, and uh, I've got my, my buddy John here with me. So, John, why don't you tell me a little bit? Well, um, my name is John Delaney. Um, I'm 22 years old. I am a senior at Austin P State University. I'm a computer science major. I um, switched over from psychology uh, when I, whenever I was in my junior courses to computer science for a um, uh, more stable financial future. Um, I've lived in Dixon, Tennessee pretty much my whole life. Um, a little traveling here and there. Um, nothing too special, though. I didn't, I've primarily been here my whole life. Um, you know, um, fitness is obviously as, as our channel name, um, indicates is a huge part of both of our lives and kind of got both of us to meet and, and, uh, become really, really, really good friends. And, um, I'd say what we met like, um, four or five years ago, something like that. Powerhouse. Yeah. It's it's been, uh, I think it's been five years now. Yep. And, um, quite a while. Me and um, me and my buddy Patrick were working out, and um, uh, Rolly came in, and he was deadlifting one day. And Patrick, um, Patrick was uh, told me to kind of he kind of gestured for me to look at Rolly, and Rolly was, I guess, like maybe 155, 160 pounds at the time, and he was deadlifting like 405, and we both thought that was pretty impressive. So we started talking to him and hanging out, and you know, um, that's something that's always connected us and, you know, just physical and strength feats, you know, his, we've always been really into these kind of things and, you know, it brought us closer together and Mm -hmm. we have decided to go a little bit further with it and we want to build something out of it and more than just our own physiques. Yeah. So what our, what our goal is for this uh, podcast, I think is just to share a few, um, maybe tips or tricks, uh, that we have, that maybe you guys that are just starting out can use to help further your fitness journey. Um, but we're also going to talk about a few uh, maybe current events or opinion-based ideas that uh, come to mind. Um, but today we're just going to start off and, and kind of get into like why we individually started to train in the first place. And then uh, maybe if we have time, we can get into um, where we're at now. So, uh, why don't you tell the listeners why exactly you started lifting, John? Um, well, originally, um, I, I probably started exercising. Um, I didn't get like into the full like powerlifting or bodybuilding right, training right. Yeah. style. Yeah, just train, training in general. Um, I've probably been doing that since I was um, a freshman in high school. I um, right you know, I, I never really played sports, so I didn't really have a foundation to build off of. And I just kind of went off of what I heard here and there. And, you know, I was very, um, I was pretty, I wouldn't say I was really passionate about it at first, obviously, but I was really interested in, in, you know, making myself look better. Um, primarily just right. cause well, I also, um, um, also, and you'll you share this with the viewers too. Um, you are a di- type one diabetic, so yeah. exercise for you is a little more important than for a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah. That I mean, obviously, that was something that I I kept in mind too. You know, it's it was kind of like a win win situation. It was like you know, I'm I'm working out to 
to obviously in, in improve my appearance and, you know, become more desirable to, to women. Um, right. But, you know, it yeah, was we all just work out to look good naked. pretty much Shocker. pretty much. But it also came Flash. with the added benefit of controlling my blood sugars. Um, but yeah. when I first started, I um, obviously I didn't really have like a, co- a cohesive process to it. It was just like I would wake up and whenever I would feel a little spurt of energy, I would I would use it to do some push ups or some jump squats or uh, crunches or something. And um, I, I did push ups all the time, like. I, I did push-ups every day, like for months, and um, my chest was getting really like a lot bigger than the rest of my body. And I, I didn't have any; I didn't really know how to train the other parts of my body. I didn't have a pull-up bar or anything at my house, so like I just did push-ups and like jump squats and abs and stuff. And um, I uh, I got a curling bar and, and started doing some curls. Um, and, um, and then what kind of, where I started to learn more about it, I started to put myself in activities that forced me to learn about how to do certain movements. And, um, right. And you, you were actually a wrestler for a little while, right? Uh, yeah. And like, uh, I guess you could say a wrestler. I, I wrestled for about a year. I, right. um, I was very inconsistent with, with how, how much I went to practice and, and, um, you know, partially that was, that had to do with, um, how vigorous, I mean, it was, it was really hard, which was obviously not that great. You know, obviously that wasn't fun, but it was also really hard for me to, uh, control my blood sugars whenever I was doing it. And I didn't, I wasn't really good at it at that point in my life, controlling my diabetes. Um, so, you know, there was like one or two practices out of the whole experience where I didn't have any problems with my blood sugar and every other time it would, it would be dropping or, or skyrocketing. And I just, um, you know, I, I decided to go through that. I wanted to finish that first year and, um, you know, I I went back the next year for a few practices and I went to one of the matches and I just decided that that wasn't for me anymore. And, um, but that, that introduced me to weight training, uh, wrestling did. Um, it, cool. it introduced me to that and that's, that's what got me into it essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a really interesting story. I, I know being a type one diabetic has been tough for you. So, um, that's cool that you would share that with the listeners. Um, for me lifting or in train, just training in general, but, but actually the act of lifting weights is something that, um, has really helped me and I yeah. didn't really uh, find it until later in life. I was probably about um, between the ages of uh, 19 and 20 before I actually started um, to lift weights on a schedule. Now I was, I was a high school basketball player and a college basketball player for a very, very short amount of time. But uh, if you know me, you know that uh, I've had several knee surgeries spanning uh, years from the time I was 12 to the time I was 18. So um, that entire time training for me was basically just rehab. Um, and then um, I couldn't do much outside of basketball practice and the games as far as exercise was concerned because my joints were just so frail. Um, once those practices were over, once those games were over, I had to rest. Um, there was no extracurricular training to be done for me then. Now, once I decided to stop playing ball, um, my doctor recommended that I did get some type of exercise because 
um, regardless of how bad your joints are, um, it's usually better to keep them moving and keep them flexible. And so um, luckily I had a girlfriend at the time that actually worked out a little bit. And so I started going with her every now and then. And um, uh, eventually I just kind of enjoyed it. It was something that I looked forward to every day. And uh, that was over. That was when I lived in White Bluff, Tennessee. (laughs) And uh, there was a small, small gym that I went to over there. It was probably 500 square feet. Um, We went there for about six months. And then I decided that I would, I wanted to really get into it. And so I joined the real gym, what I call it a real gym at the time. It's called a powerhouse gym, which the name sounds better than the gym itself. (laughs) Um, No hate on powerhouse. It's just not the powerhouse gym that most people would envision. Um, And it is a nice gym, but it's, it's not a, it's not like a, a bodybuilder or, a gym that someone who's really serious about their lifting can, can go there and feel comfortable um, doing what they want to do. Yeah. Um, There's, there's a lot of rules and stipulations there that a lot of people don't agree with, but Mm -hmm. regardless, I did meet some of the the best people that I've ever met and some of the best friends I've ever met at that gym. Um, And talking about Patrick, he's the one, uh, I mean, I think it was maybe uh, three or four weeks into me going to that gym. um, I met you and Patrick and uh, I, I remember that day I was deadlifting. What John didn't tell you about me deadlifting was that I actually messed up and, and fell over yeah. the first time they watched me. Yeah. And uh, But I, I was so embarrassed I got up. I just immediately got back and just picked it up like it was nothing, you know, because you get that little adrenaline rush and it's easy from there. But what was funny is I'd actually worn – like I had, that day I remember specifically um, – I wore a different pair of shoes and they were really spongy and I never had deadlifted in those. And they kind of like shot me full mm-hmm. because I put on my weight on my toes and they kind of sunk in. And it was like, I was standing on my tippy toes trying to deadlift. I remember that day. That was, that was really funny. Yeah. Um, so talking to, talking about Patrick, man, um, Patrick was a guy that would pretty much do anything for me and John. Yeah. If, if we him and he did so much for us uh, and he's he's the one who really taught us he didn't teach us how to train but he in a way he taught me what it felt like to actually work hard and yeah and push myself not just on like deadlift squat bench things that are easy to push the weight on and push yourself on but he taught me that it could be done on on what some people would call smaller or accessory lifts yeah um, and without using a ton of weight, he would show, he showed us how to work hard without using a ton of weight. And I think that was, um, a key to our success as far as yeah, for sure. over the years have gone. Now, just to speak a little bit about Patrick, because it is close to John and I's hearts. Um, he passed away recently from, uh, cancer. He had a glioblastoma, uh, which is a brain tumor. And, uh, you know, he, he was, like I said, he was a great man and I can't say enough about, um, who he was as a person and how much he meant to me and John. And, uh, we'll, we won't talk too much about that, but, uh, may he rest in peace. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully he's, a, he's in a better place right now. So, yeah, but mo- moving on. Um, so 
let's talk about why you still continue to do what you do, John. Why, why do you, what, what brings you back every day? Um, well, um, I mean, obviously, um, and you can probably attest for this too. At, at times it's, you kind of, um, you get, you get a little discouraged sometimes to train, especially after you're dealing with an injury or after you've dealt with a right. sickness or something, or you've lost That's some of your muscle, your strength. And it's kind of, um, you kind of have to fight with the why of the whole situation yeah. of why you should even go back and train. Yeah. The why, that, yeah, the why is, is one of the most important. Things. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to reconvince yourself why you need to go back and train. And, um, I, you know, I, I think this, it's a pretty cliche, cliche thing when it comes to when people are talking about the gym, but it, I think it's really true too. Um, like it's one of those things, once you started, it's really hard to stop. Um, right. And it's not, I wouldn't really categorize it as an addiction because that has a negative connotation to it. Um, right. Because it is, I mean, I would say you could be abuse it for sure. I would say yeah. there's a way you, to abuse it. Habit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a better description. It's um, you know, it just becomes a part of your life, and uh, you you think about it, and you can't really imagine your life without it. Um, right. And you well, because it it becomes part of your identity. Yeah. But in it, in a sense, it's a it's a good thing. Yeah. Because it's something that's not only is it bettering your aesthetic perception yeah but it's also it does help your if you're doing it right and you're not taking drugs um it, it's good for your health as well so yeah it's a good habit to, to hold on to. yeah for sure and um you know there's just um it leaks over into every area of your life you know like it's not just it's not just the gym and and your body like and you it, it leaks over to other areas of your life and like your career and your, um, your ambitions. And, and, um, it really does. It helps you. It, it instills a new found confidence in you whenever, whenever you're doing it correctly. And, and, um, you're making a lot of progress. And I, um, there's a lot of things that, that keep me coming back. And, you know, at, at times there's obviously some insecurities, obviously that'll, that'll, you know, if you're not happy with yourself, obviously that's a, that's a huge driving factor of, of getting to do anything. Um, if you're not happy with your current situation and, um, right. That's, that kind of goes along with the, um, um, uh, I, I can't, I can't remember how it goes. What is it? Happy and not set, never satisfied, happy, but never satisfied is something like that. Um, yeah, I, I know. Where, I know where right. Like you're you're comfortable and you, you're proud of what you've done, but you would never be con completely content in what you've accomplished. And right. um, it, it keeps you going forward and, you know, it, dry, it keeps you going to build the best possible uh, version of yourself that you can. And, um, you know, it's and it, that's leaked over into other areas of my life. Like I was saying earlier, you know, um, me and Rolly have had a lot of these conversations, but. You know, I like, I just want to be a better person in general. You know, I, I want to have my, my life in order. I want to, you know, own my responsibilities and, and take care of them. And, you know, I want to excel in the things that I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. And the gym and, and working out has had a huge part of that. Um, so right. that, those are just a, a couple of reasons that keep me, keep me coming back.
All right. Well, you know, those are really, really good reasons. Um, for me, uh, I lift out of necessity. Um, if I stop lifting, um, I have a joint disorder. So if I stopped lifting completely, I probably wouldn't be in, in such good, good health as far as my musculoskeletal system is concerned. Um, but I won't say that it's not something that I absolutely enjoy. It's become a passion of mine. And uh, for me, the why is just because I want to right now. Yeah. That's, I'm motivated to go. Now, there are days, I mean, that, you know, sometimes you say, like, maybe I should skip. And then those are the days where you have to really dig deep and say, well, why did I start and, and why have I been doing this for years? And yeah. you just go and you, and you do it and you get it, get it over with. And because no matter who you are, LeBron James doesn't want to play basketball every day. And there's probably days that he has a game that he doesn't want to play, but he, he does. But it, no one can say that basketball is not his passion. Yeah. That's what he loves to do. Um, but I think with your, with that passion, you need to have balance and uh, make sure it doesn't consume your life mm-hmm. for sure. Because it can, it can become an addiction yeah. in the negative connotation of the word. Yeah. If it becomes something that you're obsessive about, especially if you're obsessive about the way that you look, that can be a problem. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think that most people understand that, but some people don't understand when it when it actually becomes a problem. right. So right. You have to make sure that um, you're keeping that in check as well, because although you are going to see like wonderful changes in your body, um, if you're training properly, eating properly, um, you can't let minor setbacks like John was talking about, where you have an injury or you get sick, you can't let those affect your psyche in a way that that makes you uh, move into like a depressive state yeah you have to be able to the gym the gym or your training sessions should be always something positive but never anything negative if you can't do it that day right it should always be positive um and you know that's actually that's tougher it's easy to say and but it's hard to put into practice because you get such, I mean, you, you feel so good when you do it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You feel so good, and that's why it is so important to go on those days that you don't necessarily feel like going. Now, if you're sick, like very sick, um, or injured, you have to rest. Yeah, you can't just. There are there are times where you're just not going to be able to do it, and that's absolutely fine. But I think that, and you know, this is a huge thing that I've been going through. It's a journey that I've actually put myself through lately. Um, is the phrase just to seek discomfort. Because I think that if you do that, you become stronger as a person. Yeah. Not just physically, but mentally and emotionally as well. Yeah. And I actually got that from um, a YouTube channel that I just happened upon one day. And it was because I actually was um, scrolling through Instagram and there's this man named Iceman Hoff. Hmm that I follow. Um, I've actually talked to John about this guy. He's crazy. He can withstand temperatures below zero in water for like two hours and not his body temperature won't even drop past one degree, which is absolutely insane. Uh, most people would die within three minutes of being in water that cold. But anyways, 
uh, I was talking about the YouTube channel. It's called Yes Theory that he appeared on. And their motto is actually to seek discomfort. Now, I don't agree with some of the things they do, but their their message is actually, to me, it, it's it should be a staple in everyone's life. Yeah. And what they what their premise is is that they they go and do things or they do things every day, whether it be start your day with a cold shower instead of a hot shower, right? Or you eat, or you go one day a week without eating or without eating meat for a week. Like these things like they they just do them to make them make themselves uncomfortable in a sense. Yeah. Not necessarily uncomfortable. Yeah. Sometimes they even put themselves in pain. Like when they when they had Iceman Hoff on their show, he actually had them sit in a cold river. It was like zero degrees outside and the river was running. So the water was at, at least zero degrees or colder, and they had to they sat in it for ten minutes. Oh God! Yeah, it was it was terrible, and you know you can find it on YouTube if you want to. It's it's actually um, it's a it's a good watch, um, but I, I just I really like their motto. Yeah. I actually started I started taking the cold showers. Yeah, maybe a month ago, and. I will say that it, it helps you with anxiety too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a pretty anxious person in general. Um, but I, I think that just doing little small things like that every day is extremely beneficial to your health Yeah, in all aspects. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, um, I, I, I'm not sure if we've, uh, if we've talked about the, um, what'd you say the channel was called? Which one? The YouTube channel? Yeah. It's called Yes Theory. I I, I spoke yes to you about Iceman Hawk. Yeah. Um, yes Theory was the YouTube channel that he appeared on. I um, it was just a documentary they did. They do documentaries. Oh, okay. About oh, things. right. Yeah, I, I I know what you're talking about. I um. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that message. I uh, I definitely agree with that. I um, you should definitely put yourself in positions to where it kind of like it forces you to to learn and and you need to go places that i guess go out into like unknown territory and uncharted territory where you're not very comfortable with what's going on and it it forces you to to adapt and become more resilient to the things that happen to you in life right and you had a great experience with that um last semester in your schooling right yeah i well i i did that um i i think i sub i wouldn't call it subconsciously i think that it's something that I was thinking of, like when I made the decision to switch from psychology to computer science, it was a conscious decision I made, um, you know, for a more financially stable future and, um, something to fall back on more so. Oh, right. No. Yeah. Um, I was actually talking about a specific course that you took, um, to put yourself in a more uncomfortable. Position oh yeah, I did. Yeah. That was, bit. yeah, that was a semester before last, um, yeah, yeah there's, so tell 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 the listeners about that. Um, well, I think that people, um, and this is this is similar. It, it is a little bit. It's kind of similar in in the same sense. Um, when it comes to what you're talking about, um, I think when people come so are so um, 
stubborn in their thought process and, and what they believe in. They don't want to venture past that at all. They don't want to deviate from what they believe in. And, you know, they'll read something and the first wrong thing that they read and, and whatever they're reading, if it differs from what, what they think, you know, they'll put the book down or I, I wouldn't say everybody, but this is a problem I think that a lot of people have. It's, well, it's, yeah, I would um, say, I would say that it's an issue on college campuses for sure. Yeah, and um, so yeah. what John, what John did is he, and, and John is a very, he's not, he's not in my opinion, and I don't think he would say that either. He's not the most liberal and he's also not conservative on the spectrum politically. He's kind of, he kind of stays in the middle just like I do. Um, now he ended up taking a gender studies course. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Right. It was, a, yeah. So tell them, yeah. Tell them a little bit about the course and, and then we'll go into your presentation that you gave and the backlash that you received. Um, so, yeah, I, like I was saying, I think people um, and we have a lot of friends. I would say that most most of our friends are, are probably conservative. Um, I, w- I would say so, too. But that, that just stems from the area. that we Right. Have. It's it's kind of more of a yeah. geographic location kind of deal. Um, right. We're from the south and Tennessee is a, is but, a red but state. By all means, by all means, these people, they they are very accepting. They don't care who you are. Right. You right. From. They're extremely respectful. I've never, right. I've never seen um, anyone be rude or disrespectful to anybody because of what they look like or who who they um, associate with or what their sexual orientation right. is. Um, they're very in in Dixon, Tennessee. They're very very right. accepting of all creeds. Right. Any, anyways, the people that we surround ourselves with. And, um, yeah, yeah. I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but the people that the people that we know and love. For sure. Um, but people, um, they get scared to like deviate from anything that they've always known and what they've always been taught. And um, I kind of, I took it upon myself to, cause I, I was, I'm on a, among a similar thinking process, but um, I decided to take an LGBTQ studies course. And um, it was, um, it was one of, it was kind of a last minute decision. I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this for a long time and decided that it was a good idea. It was, I needed, um, another elective and it, that was one of my only options and it fit with my schedule nicely. And I was like, you know, I can use this as an opportunity to, to venture into some uncharted territory and, and, and learn something and, and, you know, maybe engage in some kind of debate with somebody and, you know, right. Yeah. And just to clarify, John is not LBG. Right. Right. That's, so this is why, this is why he was putting himself into, I would, I wouldn't necessarily say just, just because of the course itself, but because of things that he knew possibly could happen. Right. He was putting himself into it. Right. What I would call an uncomfortable and I'm air quoting right now, uncomfortable position. Right. So now continue. Um, I, um, so I took the course and um, we went through a, um, a series of um, activities and um, I've seen a lot of these represented and I've seen a lot of these in YouTube videos. And, um, we did the bead activity about uh, privilege and um, do you, or do you know what I'm talking about? The bead activity or the step um, forward. You should, you should definitely clarify that. For sure. Like the bead. I can't remember how the bead activity uh, worked. I, I could, 
I remember how the step forward activity was. And it was like, basically take a step forward for all of these things that you have in your life. And, right. And, right. um, so they were highlight, they right. were attempting to highlight privilege. Right. People have, right. Right. Okay. And, um, I, um, anyways, we went through this activity and, um, myself and stated that I was, uh, heterosexual and I was a white male and, I didn't say that. Obviously, they could see me. Um, but I say that I was heterosexual because we had to, you know, clarify whatever our gender was and um, whatever our sexual orientation was. And I said, I'm a male and so I'm a heterosexual. I'm going to stop you right there. Um, so was this kind of like every class where they make you stand up and state your name and then you sit back down type deal? So kind of. Okay, everybody so every, did this everyone everyone did it so if you were to stand up and say hi my name's john um and i'd rather not disclose that information would they how would they react to that um you know i, I think um w- with that class specifically i think that they would they would have respected that i think right um so so they didn't they didn't in other words force you to no no you didn't have to answer that question and um okay there were some people in the class that didn't answer all the questions that were that were you know put forth and you know that's that's um that's fair enough got a good good start rolling that's that's fair enough put putting that forward you don't have to disclose your sexual orientation I i think that's something that's pretty you could keep that to yourself and um if you don't feel like sharing that, you shouldn't have to. Um, so I thought that was pretty fair. And um, so I, I did that. And obviously there was already immediate backlash, um, which also I thought was, as I reflected about this after the duration of the course, um, I thought that was pretty good that there was immediate backlash because um, a lot of times you will make mistakes, but you don't know that you make a mistake until later. Um, and it wasn't a mistake that I was making. It was just, I was, um, I was facing the repercussions of what I was saying. And it's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing because I was obviously just stating what I was, but there was immediate like fire back to what I was saying. And, um, so explain that, explain what that backlash. Was. I, so I stated that I was, um, a male and, um, I didn't say I was white, but I, I was, I, I'm a straight male. And, um, immediately there was a girl. But, but so you keep, you keep mentioning, uh, the white, did that, did that play a role in the backlash? Did, I don't, I am I don't think that that was ever actually brought up specifically to me. Um, that was a discussion in class about white privilege and, um, okay. I, um, but anyways, the girl, um, there was a girl immediately that, um, she, asked me, she was like, why are you taking this class, basically? And I could feel a little bit of an animosity about it. And um, and the professor was okay with that? Uh, well, yeah, she was just asking me a question. She wasn't like, and, um, she wasn't making it. Did she blatant... ask anyone else that question? No, I was the only person asked that question. As far as I remember. The sexual one there? I was. Well, no, there was other straight. I was the only straight guy there. Um Okay, so why did she ask you specifically then? Um, because I... Or what would be your opinion on why she asked you that? I think, um, well, obviously I was the only... I deviated from what they're... The, the community. And, yeah, they're normal. But they also... Not only that, I think more so it's... 
they conflate what I am as a straight white male as a as somebody that's. I think she, I think she thought I was doing it as a joke, and right. um, I really think that that's what it was more than anything. Um, and I think that was her initial reaction. Right, because, yeah, right. Because you being a straight white male, there's no way that you could possibly want to get educated on something that they always tell us that we're not educated. Right. 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 Um, yeah. That's um, I, but basically that's, that's kind of what I told her in a, in a sense, I was just like, I think, um, you know, I think I, this discussion that we had about people not, you know, venturing past what they know. And, um, it's, um, it's a cognitive bias that people can't get past. And, you know, it's, you bolster your own opinion whenever you learn about the opposite opinion. Um, right. And your opinion is subject to change. You know, I, I think people are scared of that too, though. Um, because if you're one of your opinions change, it can cause a variety of things to change. Yeah. It can sometimes have a cascading. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so let's talk about, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk about your project and your presentation right? That, that you did in that course. Let's kind of go just do a brief run through of that. So at the end of the semester, um, or near the end of the semester, we had classes dedicated. We had whole class periods actually dedicated to presentations. So somebody would go up and give a presentation for, you know, five, 10 minutes, and then there would be a discussion and then we could either leave early or somebody else would give a presentation. Um, but in my case, I, I went to give my presentation and I chose something. Um, and this is kind of going back on what this, our whole channel and everything's about and was fitness. And I wanted to talk about something that I was familiar with and I was educated on and um, related to, right. and some issues that the trans community specifically the trans community, the trans sect of the LGBTQ community, I wanted to talk about the relation between the trans community and um, sports. And I wanted to talk about right. this issue. So I, I prepared, I, th I think I prepared adequately for it. I think I put a, a decent amount of thought and energy into it. And I, um, I started off the presentation with, you know, what I wanted to discuss that day and I, uh, I was a little nervous because I already went, in, I went into it and I was like, I know that this is going to piss people off. And, um, but it's how I felt about it, about the situation. And, you know, I, the whole experience I think was eye opening to an, uh, an extent. And I learned some things that I didn't know. And I got a new perspective on, you know, the day-to-day -day struggles of people. And um, that's always a good thing. Um, right. So go in, go into the actual presentation itself and, and what happened. I, so I introduced the topic. I, I go through uh, the differences b between males and females biologically. And I went through the hormones and, you know, described what their usefulness was and what they did. And I described basically why males were stronger and more athletic than females on a biological level. And um, I cited my sources and I made sure to collect sources from both from both um, aisles because that was kind of the whole point of my taking that class. And what he what he means is from like a right side right. or left sided politically. Right. And that that spectrum. Um, and 
you're not going to find bias in biological data. Like, and I mean, you could you can construe. I guess you can construe biological data to fit a bias opinion, maybe if you use variables in a certain way. But I mean, there are certain things that are set in stone, and whenever you express it, it's like it's unbiased in itself because it's just raw facts. And right. that's what I was trying to do. But I was also trying to throw in some some stuff here and there to to um to I balance it out, I guess. And I asked a question at the end. I was like, is it fair for a male to transition to being a female and then compete with females? Um, and then I just, I stopped and it, there was a immediate backlash and they were pretty respectful about it. I, I would say for the most part. And I wouldn't right. say so that. I, w- I, I want to ask you about one particular response that you got. Sure. Which was, if I recall, it was it was a young lady in the class. She asked you, or stated rather, I, I'm not sure if it was asked as a question or stated as it was asked. Um, just a fact. Okay, so she asked about um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, right? Yeah, she's. If I'm not mistaken. she said. Um, so, she said. Yeah. Go into what she asked, and, and then your response. I, um, she asked me. She it was she was really quick about it too. I was actually really surprised how quick she was. Um, she asked me if, um, I would ask the same question of a woman that suffers from polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I might be, um, I I can't remember verbatim what she said, but it, that's along the lines of what she said, and um, I just you know I had to be honest with her. I. I, I couldn't shoot back an answer if I didn't know what that was. So I was like, I, I'm you're going to have to explain that to me. And um, she basically informed me that it was where women um, produce testosterone at a higher rate than normal. Um, but it's at like an exaggerated rate is from what she told me. Right. So we'll just say exactly what she said. Um, and then I'll I'll kind of go in. I'll tell the listeners. I can't. I a little bit of research. On I'm and, I'm not going to be able to recite exactly what she said, but she did well, make a comment. Just about it. She she that's basically what she said that they can produce testosterone at, at higher rates than normal. Right, but she made she made a pretty um, bold claim. She did make a bold. She did make a, a claim where um, um, I think. I think she made a claim along the lines of that with people that are women that suffer from this can produce higher amounts of testosterone at men and at certain times. I think that's what she said. Um, right. Um, so something along the lines when of I, that. when I did some research on this, that was in fact false. Right. Um, there have been cases where women with polycystic, like severe, severe, polycystic ovarian syndrome where these cysts are absolutely massive yeah they were producing up to 80 percent the amount of testosterone that men produce Mm. and this is an extreme cases yeah so for her to make that claim and then but my the reason i wanted to bring this up is because um sometimes people say things especially when it when it fits their narrative mm-hmm. that aren't even close to the truth just to shut someone down. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's what she was doing to you. Yeah, I think um, I, 
I don't know. She may have been doing that. She may have been misinformed on that herself. Um, um, you know, she could have been, but the thing is, is she she wouldn't have brought it up and tried to debunk your entire argument. Right. If, but if, I still I hadn't done the research. I still thought. I still debated it, um, even though I didn't know for sure if what she was saying was true or um, I, I still debated it. And I was, you know. I still I bought I brought up the 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 idea of you know of the choice that's being made whenever you're transitioning and the the condition itself is something as she had stated that somebody suffers with it and you know right. and when you when like the idea of suffering with something impl- imp- implies that there needs to be some kind of measure to counteract what's happening and right. you know um it's and I, I was like, I'm assuming that if people that have this have to have some kind of medical intervention um, before it becomes some kind of before it becomes a a health concern. And um, I um I, there was somebody else in the class that actually had the condition at at one point, and she said that um um she was a very a very nice girl too. She she came up to me after and, and said that she really enjoyed the speech and um, she thought that I was really well-spoken. She said some really kind words and she said that she had actually suffered from the condition and she had undergone treatment for it. And she said that, um, and um, she said that when she was younger, she said it was really prevalent. And she said that she noticed that she was stronger than some of the boys. Um, and I could definitely, I can definitely I could definitely get on that path, or um, well, the thing I could is, agree is, with if that. She's saying, if she's saying it when she's younger, right? Develop much quicker than, than right. That's and that's what I was saying. Like I was like, I can believe yeah. that, like, and, yeah, especially if, like if she, as a young girl. Was, yeah, if she was bigger than the boys, I mean, uh, the the thing is, a lot of people don't realize this: males and females, if they're the same size physically, there's not that much of a change in strength. But the thing is, is males, their bones are bigger. Mm-hmm. Usually their, their stature, as far as how tall they are, how long their arms are, how, how broad their chest is. That's what makes the difference. If a female had the same bone structure, the same width, the same height, they'd probably be about the same strength. They just don't have the same kind of leverage. It's not like a, a man's bicep is inherently like yeah. one fiber of a man's bicep is not stronger than one fiber of a female's bicep. It's just the fact that men usually tend to have better leverages, more muscle, and these are these are biological differences in males and females that can be skewed in certain individuals. There's there was a case with. Um, that I actually disagree with. There is a female Olympic sprinter. I, I, the, her name escapes me. Now, this is not to be rude. She does not look like a female. And she is one of those that I was talking about uh, earlier about the uh, issue where they produce like about 80% of what men produce in testosterone. Yeah. She's one of them. And she didn't develop very many female characteristics Hmm. Um, and she absolutely demolishes these women 
in these sprints. Yeah. And they're now trying to kick her out um, because she produces more testosterone, huh. which, in huh. my, which in my opinion, I don't think that's fair. No. Just because that's, that's her natural state. Yeah. Um, she didn't do anything to make her body better or worse. Yeah. So the thing is, what the problem I have with the male to female trans competing with females is that usually, usually, not always, usually, those females that are that were males at one time went through puberty as a male, and so they developed the thicker bones, the broader structure, right? The taller structure. They developed all of those male characteristics, and and this pertains a lot to like combat sports. Yeah. In a sense, like wrestling and MMA specifically, because a man, one of, one of the huge differences in males and females is the bone size of the knuckles and hands. And men have much larger hands in terms of, of width and mass, maybe a female's fingers. Like if you do the, the hand test where you put them up next to one, one another the fingers may come out to the same uh, distance. Like the, the hands both may be six inches long, but if you, if you took a man, the average man's hand and the average female's hand, the man's fingers are going to look like sausages and the females are going to look like toothpicks. Yeah. And that's just, that's just how that's what men's hands look like. And that just in wrestling and in, in MMA, just having that extra mass. I mean, if you can imagine just swinging a, a bowling ball versus swinging a baseball at someone's face, yeah, that difference in mass makes a difference. Yeah. Now, in terms of other sports, um, I would say there are sports that it wouldn't be a huge deal. Um, basketball is one of those, um, unless unless this man was just an absolute crazy athlete, um, I wouldn't see an issue. In a, a man playing with, with girls, as long as he didn't take it to the point of making money off of it. Yeah. Um, if it's just intramurals or even even school, um, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. Now, also, I don't think that they should be able to hold records. Yeah. Um, I think that like you shouldn't go to the state tournament if if you're a man or you were a man um, that's now a female and you're wrestling females yeah wrestle them and if you win great but I, I don't think you should be able to win it win a trophy for that because yeah because this is this is the issue with with human nature um when there when there's an area to exploit something people will exploit it and you say oh there's no one out there there are people out there that will do anything for success and yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying anyone's faking, but there there are people that were men and women for or I'm saying I'm going to say men for up to 30 years. And this is um, what's what's that girl's name in the UFC? She was she was a, a man for 25 or 30 years and then just decided to be a female. Never once as a male did this person. Um, take any sorts of, of martial arts 
the man transitions to female, immediately starts MMA, immediately goes into the UFC, and immediately beats the shit out of all the Yeah. And he has, he has probably, or I'm sorry, she has about one-tenth or less of the training that these females have. Yeah. It, he was just throwing, I'm sorry, I, she was just throwing them around like a rag doll. Yeah. Um, and there, there was just nothing they could do. Yeah. Um, and that was a huge debate as well. Um, and in my opinion, I, I don't think, I don't think that's fair. Now, um, had it been, had it been that, uh, she transitioned in her early years, like younger than puberty, I doubt there would have been an issue because, um, she would have never developed those male characteristics yeah. that, that are, that get, gave her that advantage in the ring. Yeah. I mean, if you look at her, I mean, her fists are not little dainty, girly fists. They are, they are burly, big man fists. And you can, you can obviously tell that something looks different. Um, but that is the only issue I have with it. If you want to, if you want to transition to male to female, do it. Um, if you think that's if you think that's the course that your life needs to take and that's going to bring you happiness, do it. Just don't do it to beat the crap out of other people. Yeah, um, yeah. That was a um, a sub. That was an aspect of of the discussion that happened. Um, you know, we we talked about um, this is going back on the statement you made about if the transition had occurred earlier in life and. Right. Uh, there was a question that was raised, like, "Well, would you say? Would you think it was fair if, um, if the transition happened earlier in life?" And, um, and I, I didn't really know what to say because I, I did. I had a chart posted of of the differences in in the hormones and between boys and girls, and at certain ages, they they were very similar, like the the hormones were, um. At certain ages, like they were pretty much the exact same, and you know, as soon as you you hit that puberty mark, like you know, twelve, thirteen years old, that's when it like drastically changed for both. Exactly. Yeah. And um, you know, and there was um, there was um, there was a guy in the class, and he brought up a point about the um, the long long distance running, and he said that boys and girls like in their in their times in long distance running are very similar like are like pretty much the same when they're like 10 11 years old um i didn't fact check them on that but um i mean that would match the data that i had provided um yeah i think you would have to look at that so when when we look at male versus female times um it's really hard to do an average on that yeah so usually they just look at the best times for each. Um, and I would, I would be very surprised if the female time was like within seconds of the male time on any race. Yeah. Even if, even at that age, I'd be, because um, there are going to be the kids that develop early um, and those males that develop early are going to be, now that's not saying that female, like, the average could be that, but then, then you're getting into, well, what if there's all the girls that they take are, are really athletic girls and all the guys they take are just the, uh, scrubs. 
if for loss of a better term, um, that aren't that great of runners. So then the times would be, then the females would probably run faster than the males. So that's why you have to be careful with statements like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that that's, we talked about a lot of different things and people brought up a lot of different factors and, um, and we, we went through the whole class and we debated it. And, um, going back to the, uh, original point that we were talking about, like going into uncharted territory, you know, um, that was a great experience for me. Um, and you know, the people in that class were actually very respectful and, and nice to me afterwards. And, and even during it, like it, there was, I think there were some times where there were some people that were getting a little upset, but other than that, I think that they were all really nice and, and we had good discussions and, um, well, you know, I mean, you being there put them in an uncomfortable position just, just a little bit, I think. So yeah. 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 I think it, I think it benefited, um, both sides of, of that. Yeah. And that was a point that I made too, whenever they had asked me why I was there and I was, I was like, I think this is good for, for both of us, you know, cause you need a, you need a fresh, I would not necessarily fresh perspective, but you need a perspective that isn't your own, you know, right. That's right. going to challenge and, you. And, yeah. And, and hearing the other side of the argument is crucial to maintaining, um, values that are, I, I think, morally correct. Yeah. Because if you don't hear both sides, you can't you can't make a decision on where you stand. Yeah, you can, you can, but it, you're you're more informed if if you know both sides, right? For sure. And knowledge is the name of the game when it comes to things like this. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. Well, I actually think that's a great place to end this first episode. It's uh, it's getting to about nine o'clock here in Dixon. Yeah. Um, I actually have to be up at five in the morning for work. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're gonna end it, guys. Um, we'll we'll be making a few episodes, uh, coming up soon. Um, they'll be more fitness oriented. We'll go over some tips for you guys. Um. So you be watching for that, okay? All right, done. All right. Uh, closing remarks. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought this was pretty fun. Um. I like um. I, I like talking about broad ideas and 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 then relating it to to you know what we're what we're really passionate about. Um, right. So I'd like to do stuff like this. Um. More, you know, relate the things that happen in life and current events to to um to what we're passionate about and maybe have right. some kind of interesting discussion over that um absolutely but uh i'm definitely excited about talking about the fitness oriented topics in themselves right just yeah uh, stand alone and like too. my description says guys it's not going to be we'll, we'll go over these fitness tips and you know we may do some short podcasts where it is only fitness related but me and john really enjoy conversating and so we will go off on tangents and uh you know, you, you can skip through it if you want to. Um, but we will, we, we like to talk about a variety of things. So this isn't going to be just a fitness oriented space. Um, and we're going to get into some pretty, uh, controversial topics too, I, I would imagine, because we usually do in our daily conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, be on the lookout for that too. So, 
Um, well, if you're okay with it, John, I think I'm going to hop off and we'll have the, the podcast up soon. Yeah, sounds good. All right. All righty. Take it easy, guys. Talk to you later, buddy. See you, man.